0: it's important to surround yourself with people who are open and have a desire to learn and to realize that the practice is the path and the path is the practice. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Everybody, welcome back to the Radically Loved Podcast. I don't know why I got really excited, and then I just brought myself down. I'm like, relax. It is very exciting. It is Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, that's I like how we split that one up. That you know good. what I was thinking that
1: it might sound like we're off key because when we both try to speak at the same time, I think Zoom's Zoom trying to cut us off. Yeah, so we're probably really on tune and like
0: nailing it every that's time. That's Tessa speaking, by <laughs> the way.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, this is Tessa. And I'm just giving our, both of us all the credit in the world for being harmonious. <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: Because it's true. I can hear it. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it too. Okay, so by the way, yesterday, Tuesday night. So Eddie is like, how do I describe you, Pumpkin? He is like a childhood friend that is like my brother. He is very much this person in my life who has been a sort of like grounding force. You know, I've known him since I was a teenager, just like a childhood friend. So he's kind of seen the ups and downs of my journey. He is a rock star. He's the lead singer of this Hardcore metal band. Whoa. Named King. Shout out to King cool. with my other friend Pepe Clark, who is a badass drummer. And at the time, their bass player Tony. So I've known them forever, obviously, family friends. But Eddie started to, since they're not on the road right now, people aren't really touring that much. They're working on a new album. Tori and I, since we're really into karaoke right now, decided why don't we have Eddie come over and give us some singing lessons? Mm-hmm. I love this. Yes. Now, this is a very new... So cool. Yeah. And this is a very new venture because I've talked about this in the past. My dad is a singer. He's an incredible singer. He used to sing mariachi. Now he's just uh, like he does the karaoke circuit. He hosts events. Well, there's no events right now. But like that's his passion. He's a singer. He's an incredibly gifted singer. And you would think that singing would come as a uh, natural experience for me, but it does not. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't try <laughs> anyway. Now, I'm a big believer in if you're passionate about something and you just keep practicing and and practicing at it, you will at some point at least get decent enough.
1: Well, it's kind of like the 10,000 hour That's right. Um, idea, right? Tell us Number about it, us. Yes. Like I mean, people, yes, they're born with innate talents, true, but most people that are the greats, the greats, the greats have spent 10,000 hours at least or more honing their craft and skill to be just that, the greats, right? So yeah, what you practice is just like with thinking what what you get, what the outcome is.
0: Yes. So I always love learning new things. So that's the the new learning moment for the week, my friends. How's your week been so far, Tessa? Are you totally busy right now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am
1: busy, totally busy. But you know what? I find moments for self-care. We talked about this the last time you and I had a Wisdom Wednesday, like our self-care moments are sprinkled throughout. I definitely bookend my days with them and find time for myself. But you know what has been really interesting I've been noticing, because probably as a result of being busy, and I'm curious what your experience is with this, Rosie, too, like there's so much in the air for us, like so many balls in the air for us. There's lots of balls right now in the air, lots of balls. We love this analogy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it feels like there are like little tiny miscommunications or little mistakes that keep happening. Microaggressions. <laughs> microaggressions. And I keep feeling like when I notice something like that, I'm like, Oh fuck, what did I screw up? And like, Oh yeah. I immediately blame this. myself. Right. Let's get into so, it. So yeah. And I immediately blame myself. And then here's what I'm noticing this week. And this is probably like my wise self stepping in to be like, let's, hear okay, it. let's have some perspective. <laughs> and so what I'm noticing is that I'm able to like notice the reaction. Okay, first I blame myself. Then I want to get really defensive and be like, no, it wasn't my fault. And then I want to dig through my email and figure out how I can prove that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I want to like passive aggressively send an email and be like, look, I proved it. You can't blame me. So this whole process of, okay, so why am I doing that in the first place? Why is the knee-jerk reaction to get defensive number one, then blame the mistake on somebody else. And I've been having this conversation about, well, why why does it have to be somebody's fault? Why do you have to blame other people? And then usually that leads to this conversation about like, well, I'm feeling like not worthy, not good enough. I made a mistake. I might be in jeopardy of disaster. Like, what Mm -hmm. would that be? Losing my job? I don't know.
0: You know, you go to the
1: worst case scenario, right? Right and I know I'm not alone in this. Like we, we all make mistakes. We all have these feelings of disaster scenarios. And so it's just been interesting to like, notice that coming up and practicing the pause and hopefully having a mindful response that doesn't feel like my goal is to get to the place where the response doesn't feel like a microaggression, but more like, okay, I can see how this got messed up. Let's figure out how to, a uh, solution. Let's, problem yes. solve. can we do it yes. together?
0: Yeah. And I, I love that. I, I think that's great. And I can absolutely relate to the energy of, oh man, I, I fucked this up. Like now what? And it, it's, well, I'm never going to blame you. Right. So that that's a good thing on, on your part, because I'm like, how could we figure this out in an efficient way so that it's an issue that doesn't happen? Again. And look, I, as much as I, I'm trying to split myself into two persons, the person that is kind of steering the, the collective here, the ship, mm-hmm. I can say, no, Tess, like, don't even worry about it. As much as I can tell you not worry about it, you're going to worry about it regardless, right? So I can say it's not a big deal, something happened, whatever, because I do it the same way. If I'm doing something and I go to that instant place too, I, I'm remembering that time. Remember when the podcast, the Dropbox situation, and I was. Yeah, I remember having so much anxiety. I'm like, oh my god, Tessa's gonna be so mad. Like, I, I fucked this up. Like, I think I deleted something. Like, all nervous, and then you're nervous because you think I'm gonna I thought I did it. I know. But it was such a hilarious moment because I think it's true. Where do we go when we have those moments of freak out? Like, do you often blame yourself? Do you go directly into that? Or do you go directly into defending yourself? Or are you able to pause and take a moment and just reflect and say, okay, this is fine. Like, this is going to pass. It's not going to be a big deal. I'm really good at diffusing situations, right? And so are you. I think, respectively, we have other people that we need in our world to do our jobs, right? We're waiting for people to respond, or we're working with project managers, or, you know, like, Radically Loved is still a very much a mind pa operation, right? So yeah. it's still <laughs> us wearing all the hats, <laughs> creating oh. all the Canva artwork, doing <laughs> all of the uploading of the podcast, but there are people that we contract and work with. And sometimes people don't operate on our timeline. And I think it's a, a great learning opportunity, especially when we are in a time that is very busy because oh, this she's so guy's, she's mm. here. She's she's landed. I posted this other day. I'm like, the eagle has landed. <laughs> And it's obviously been such a trying journey. And much like you would expect any book launch to go, there's a lot of balls in the air, lots of balls. She's just (laughs) juggling now. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, like we want to be able to have a good time and to enjoy this process. I know that for me writing this book, I've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast was a very interesting experience for me. And it's just wild to see, and you've experienced this because you've also written a book, but to conceptualize something and then have it show up, that feeling Mm. where you are just so excited about the finished product and seeing your work actually come to life and knowing that your work is going to be in every major store books are sold is pretty wild, you know, it's a it's a wild experience. I think mostly too because it's so much of my own personal story. So there's that narrative in there that feels a little bit like,
1: like oh God. yeah, oh gosh, I right? Can imagine. And also, like I I can't remember which author said this, but one of my favorite authors, I think, have you heard this? Uh, Talks about how when once you've given birth, the proverbial birth to your book and send it out into the world. It's almost like this, they described it as this letting go process of, okay, now it's no longer mine. Now it's in the hands of all of these readers who will take what I've written and interpret it through their own lens, which will inevitably be something wildly different than I ever imagined. And so it has like all of these little radically loved babies yeah, oh.
0: All over the place. Oh god, she's <laughs> procreating. That's scary. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, but like each person's going to see or understand or perceive a different message I would think from your words. It's yes. it's not all going to be the same thing no. or the same experience based on how experiences and such an interesting concept to for me that writing process and you just kind of described it Rosie it being like when You're sharing something so personal, it's so vulnerable. And then to give that away to like let go of it, it's almost like this gun-wrenching, oh okay, here we go. Fly on your own, little bird baby. Yeah, your little radically loved bird baby. It's <laughs> scare,
0: right? <laughs> right? It is. I've not actually stopped in long enough to think about it in that way. So thank you for adding that little nugget of worry. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, Tessa, I think it's beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. And what's interesting with what you're saying with regard to people taking your work in different ways, I experienced it just yesterday when I was doing interviews. I'm I'm doing interviews for the book for other people's podcasts and mm-hmm. the three interviews I did yesterday, all three people had read my book which was wild to me. I mean, they really knew the content well and the intention behind it. And they asked really, really great questions. And it was so beautiful, you know, to be able to see how the words on the page were resonating with people outside of myself, because even some of the practices that are in the book, different exercises or invitations for self-inquiry, I've done personally, but I've not really had other people do them or experience them. So it was really, really nice to be able to to see that and to be asked questions. I think one of my favorite things so far in this experience has been just seeing how people resonate with the idea of being radically loved.
1: (gasps) Oh. Yeah. Ooh. So, are there any themes? What are people saying?
0: Yeah. So, a lot of people are really into my childhood story, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is to me the most unnoteworthy part. And I am not trying to sound gratuitous by any far stretch or by any means. It's just solely to me, it was my experience. It's like your childhood is your childhood. And then you just, but I seem to get a lot of questions about, what it was like for me growing up. And also the interesting part about learning yoga as a philosophy before I actually did the asana practice. This Mm -hmm. is also another thing that people find fascinating, especially being in LA, being in Hollywood at the time where I didn't get swept away by this power yoga, aesthetic, Mm -hmm. superficial way of practice that was very rampant during the Mm mid-2000s, which I also found uh, really interesting as I'm answering questions and, and talking about the book. The thing I've not talked about yet is the relationship portion of the book, how I talk about relationships being our ultimate way to our spiritual path. It is the ultimate test to our spiritual journey is the relationships that we have. And I know that for the summit, you and I had this discussion. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously for reasons that we've talked about on the podcast, we can relate so much when it comes to relationship because we're both in a biracial relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, biracial. Yeah, absolutely. And we have been with our partners for many, many, many decades plus, Mm -hmm. or close to two decades, or I don't know if you're there. Are you at 20 years? Are you guys at 20 years yet? We
1: are at, we'd be at uh,
0: 16 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're close enough in Mm -hmm. our relationship journey. (laughs) So I always love having these conversations with you because it is such a learning experience to be mm-hmm. with somebody for a long period of time. And there are moments when it feels so good and I'm so grateful. And there are moments where I'm feeling so stretched.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just taking a deep breath over here when you're saying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so yeah, that was that's really been the only thing that I, I'm excited to talk about. And look, if all else fails, we could just talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> so all of you here, thank you so much for being here. If you're new, we have had a surge uh, in the last couple weeks since we have now become an iHeartRadio podcast. We have received a, a nice little bump in new listeners, so we are so grateful to have you here. And just to give you a little bit of background, Tessa has been in my life for many, many years at this point. She was one of my students, and... She's an incredible, incredibly gifted yoga teacher, meditation teacher. She's a coach. She's an author and she runs the operations here. And she does this segment so kindly with me, the Wisdom Wednesdays that we seem to still be doing. Remember, this was supposed to be just like a fun couple weeks situation. Yeah. We were like,
1: let's see what this is all about. We're going to experiment with it, but people seem to like it. So, and I, I have a blast. Like, I feel like I'm just hanging out with you. And
0: I mean, we are in essence we are just hanging, just hanging
1: out. out. <laughs> <laughs> we are just hanging out.
0: Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them perfect cozy winter layers. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything that you do my favorite are for running so they have tons of comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keep you moving bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams soft fabrics and the perfect weight so you can just hang out and feel like you know you're not wearing anything bombas underwear has a barely there feel With second skin support that might make you forget that they're even there, but in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing item at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Go to bombas.com forward slash loved and get 20% off of your first purchase. That's www.bombas.com forward slash loved for 20% off bombas.com forward slash love. Whether it's saving more and spending less, getting organized or losing weight, there's a lot of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year. At the top of my list is learning a new language with Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Even though I already speak Spanish, it's always nice to be learning how to have better conversations. Sure, I can practice with my family, but let's be honest, most of the time, I'm just listening. I'm also diving deeper into learning a little bit more Italian, so I can actually have a conversation instead of just saying, ciao, Bella. Not only is learning a new language a fun and engaging new hobby, you can use it while you check off traveling more from your list. The whole Babbel process is addictively fun, fast, and easy. Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons for real-world use. Babbel's 15 minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. And I didn't know this, but other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. But Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Right now, when you purchase a three month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code LOVED. Go to babble.com That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Use the promo code LOVED. Babbel, language for life. This episode is brought to you by Omaze. If you've ever dreamed of having the chance to win an awesome prize like karaoke with Charlie's Theron or going to space with the Virgin Galactic, then you have to check out Omaze—the new way to give back to charity and have fun doing it. Here's how Omaze works: you enter for a chance to win something amazing, and at the same time, you get to donate and support great causes. One of my favorite giveaways with Omaze was an opportunity to make chocolate chip cookies with Jennifer Garner. I thought that would have been so much fun. Obviously, I didn't win, but I did enter and I gave to a great cause. It's a fun and easy way for nonprofits to raise money and for you to win big prizes like a multi-million dollar house in Lake Tahoe. I mean, just think how amazing it would be to live in this dream house in Lake Tahoe. I mean, for me, I would be hitting the mountain every day. I miss snowboarding so much. And what a great opportunity to have the house of your dreams simply by joining a giveaway. So here's how it works. Go to omaze.com forward slash loved and select Lake Tahoe Dream House. The deadline to enter is April 14th. So hurry for your chance to win. And if the Lake Tahoe Dream House isn't your vibe, don't worry, there are so many other exciting prizes to choose from through your donations omaze has raised more than 150 million dollars to support over 350 nonprofits around the world and listen everyone deserves the chance to live their dreams and with omaze extraordinary prizes are within reach for everyone so enter today for a chance to win the lake tahoe dream house or the other life-changing prizes and experiences at www.omaze.com forward slash loved plus you can receive 20 extra entries when you enter the code LOVED20. That's www.omaze.com forward slash LOVED. That's omaze.com forward slash LOVED. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Visit omaze.com forward slash LOVED for official rules. The holidays are over, and it's time to set our eyes on new goals and a new year. After the frenetic stress of the end of the year and the holiday season, your immune system might be feeling a little bit worn down, especially in the thick of winter when it's sick season. And yes, my friends, there's still the normal things that go on during this time. We get colds, we're exposed to perhaps more viruses, and our immune system needs to be strong and healthy so we can tackle those 2021 goals. Did you know that one of the biggest ways you can boost your immunity is by supporting your gut health? It's true. In fact, 70% of your immune system is all in your gut. Jonathan Jacobs is an MD and professor at UCLA, and he says that the microbiome and the immune system are critically intertwined. This means that if you eat the wrong things, your immune system will suffer. But if you eat the right things, your immune system will get stronger. Now, I understand it's not easy to eat all the right things all the time, and that's why I recommend that you take Biome Breakthrough daily. Biome Breakthrough contains powerful probiotics and prebiotics, as well as one-of-a-kind ingredient called IGY Max. IGY Max is a patented egg-based protein that enhances gut health, reverses damage caused by antibiotics, and even helps with immunity threats. Biome Breakthrough and Magnesium Breakthrough are staples in my daily supplement routine. I feel so much healthier when I know that I'm taking the right supplements to promote my optimum health. You can make Biome Breakthrough part of your daily ritual as well. You can eliminate bad bacteria, feed the good bacteria, and build your immunity and repair your gut lining all at the same time. The best time to take Biome Breakthrough is first thing in the morning. You can mix it in an eight-ounce glass of water and drink it on an empty stomach to experience less sickness, fewer gut problems, and less gas and bloating. So let's start the year off right. Power your immunity today by trying Biome Breakthrough risk-free at biomebreakthrough.com forward slash radically loved and use the promo code radically loved 10 to receive 10% off of any order. You have a 365 day money back guarantee. No question to ask that's biome breakthrough.com forward slash radically loved. Use the promo code radically loved 10 to get 10% off of any order. If it's okay with you, since we're talking about relationships, I did want to read a little bit of oh, please the yes. book only because it came up this morning and i thought it might be fun for the people listening to this oh, podcast if yes. they don't know that the audio version is also going to be available but i'll give you a little a little treat this is on page 135 it's the chapter you are radically engaged and the the caption is starting your spiritual journey you need three things to begin a spiritual quest The first is the willingness to inquire within. The second is the acceptance that shit happens, sometimes for no reason. It's called life. The third is a guide whose flashlight is a little brighter than your own. The first two are simple. The last one can be more challenging. There's been a flood of yoga celebrities on social media. They post inspirational quotes and have carefully curated grids and images of green smoothies and sunsets. I saw the value of having a social media presence to engage with people outside of my physical community. I also felt the superficiality of people pontificating about in-depth teachings while mostly concerned with gaining followers. Here's the thing about spirituality. It doesn't happen when you're looking at somebody else's life. It happens when you M-Y-O-B, mind your own business. So that's it, just like a little paragraph. And the context to that is relevant to this conversation because I feel like it was the biggest draw for me to become a teacher because I felt that there was a need for people who are living in an authentic and real heart-centered way. Mm -hmm. And that has always been at the crux of who I wanted to be as a person and who I wanted to be as a teacher. And in this experience of writing this book and being able to teach people how to become teachers and creating content, that is still the foundation to why I do what I do. I think about that. I I always want to do better and I always want to be more real and more honest and fully present. And it's a quality that I find that a lot of people that have studied with me also have and people that haven't studied with me also, but I feel like, like attracts like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, it makes me think of you.
1: Ah, I love that. Well, as you were saying that I was thinking, well, I think in my experience, you created this container for that to really foster and grow. Right. So that's what we were encouraged towards. You know, it wasn't about make the most creative sequence you can so that you get your workout in and your sweat on. <laughs> yeah. It was always very intentional. You know, I think that was my favorite part of our, our training was how we got to dive into things like philosophy Of yoga chanting the mantra the japa learning how to use a mala why do we use a mala how do we take care of a mala i mean above and beyond any shape i can or cannot make my body make in a yoga asana practice the value is in the stillness is in the shavasana is in the meditation and that's why we do all of these things so that we can sit with ease so that we can lay down and feel everything resonate within and just to even be able to look within, I think is a skill in and of itself that studying with you, Rosie, and and teaching under you has, you know, my, has really cultivated me. And then then I was going to cut myself off. And I was just thinking about the stark contrast between who I was before I knew you and studied with you and who I am now. And that whole process in between is like, whoa, it is mind blowing. I mean, it radically, speaking of radical, it radically changed my life. And so when I think about all of the gifts that you've given me just by being you and showing up and being who you are, I'm so grateful. What if you had been like, you know, this isn't fancy enough. It's not creative enough. It's not Lululemon worthy. Not that there's anything wrong with Lululemon, but like, you know what I mean? The fancy yoga pants and- yeah stuff along those lines. I'm just so grateful that you're really grounded in what this practice means, why, why this yoga exists, where it comes from, and that you were able to teach that and really show up and exude that.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really, that's nice. Thank you for saying that.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's probably a compliment that's, it might feel like I don't know. We've talked about this before. Yeah. yeah, It's like the thing I'm just
0: like, oh God. Tessa, why (laughs) are you doing this? Um, uh, That's really how I feel. But look, I'm grateful and we're all on the path. We're all doing the same type of work. It's what I said. It's important to surround yourself with people who are open and have a desire to learn and to realize that the practice is the path and the path is the practice. Yeah. And the last
1: line from, from what you well, the three aspects of your journey, that last one being the hard one to find is the the person who can shine a light on those dark places. Yeah. I mean, that's it right there.
0: Yeah. It takes courage to step on a path that is dark, that is unlit Mm -hmm. and, not all of us are open or desire to be the person that lights that way. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have incredible teachers and and mentors in my life that were holding those lanterns before me so that I can move through and, um, finding those people, finding that that community is, can be life-saving. It can be life-changing and, I think about the advice that I've received from teachers or teachings that have resonated with me. And I think about people like the late Michael Stone, who was an incredibly gifted teacher, taught about Buddhism. And he talked about the path of practice and how I always wanted to challenge those Thoughts and beliefs just within myself because that's who I am. I'm the perpetual student. I always want to continue to learn and see new ways to integrate teachings within myself every day. It doesn't matter how long you've been practicing, because we will continue to practice. It's called to practice because we need to practice it, not because we're trying to get good at it or we're trying to get somewhere. That's the other illusion of yoga and enlightenment is that this is a, a place to aspire to get to and it's not really I mean it's really the process of letting go that that's really what the practice is for is to learn how to be on the path to learn how to let go to open our heart towards what is in front of us, what is before us, what is present to learn that we are already on the path that, the place we're trying to get to is here and we're already here. That's where the path leads us. It's not leading us to some elusive place out there somewhere that is impossible to get to. The whole idea and the whole intention behind the practice is to get us back to here, to where we belong, to this present moment, to who we are at this day, at this moment, at this time.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah. It seems like it's a hard place for a lot of us to be. What is that about the presence of, you know, this inhale, this exhale that causes so much anxiety? Or maybe, maybe that's not the thing that causes anxiety, right? But it's like when you do get still, I experience this myself. I know students do too that practice. That's when the anxiety comes up. It's so hard for us as a society to sit still. And I know that's why these practices are in place, right? But you said it, like, it's hard to even start on this path, on this journey. It's terrifying to just even slow down or even think about it. Like,
0: Yeah. No, it is. It's not, it's not easy. And that's why a lot of people won't even embark on the journey. In order for something to stand the test of time, it's going to take time. I say this over and over because I do believe it to be true. I'm a marathon runner, right? So I know things take a long time. I would much rather train to be a marathoner than to just do things quickly Mm -hmm. and inefficiently just because I want to get there. Where is the there? Where are you trying to get to? Where is that there? Like, What is the rush when we're rushing through something or we feel the heaviness of that present moment breath, that space. The reason why the anxiety is being stoked within you is because you feel like you need to get there. You need Mm -hmm. to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. That the space and time, the stillness is preventing you from getting to the elusive there. That is not real you're thinking about the that's the future right anxiety is coming from living in the future dwelling on the past and the inability to be in the present moment and i'm just saying it in an esoteric way not in a clinical sense obviously i'm not a doctor disclaimer but somebody that's lived with anxiety and has had debilitating panic attacks for a large portion of my life i know what it's like to be in that moment it's difficult for us to be still and to be steady because we live in a frenetic environment. We're being pulled in a million directions. We are being taxed constantly by information and not enoughness and competing with others and not being enough. So of course, when we have a moment of stillness, we have to give that illusion, that facade of what we think we should be. We have to give it time to dissolve, you know, to move away, to disintegrate so that we can create that space for what it is that we really want. I mean, when we're, we're talking about what we really want, what are the things that you really want? I mean, think about it. The people that are listening and even you, Tess, like the things that we really want to create in life, the things that we really desire what type of accomplishment comes up? What type of accolade comes up? What type of physical form comes up? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And what is it about that that you think, you believe will fill that desire within you if it feels like there's a void? Mm -hmm. And if you can't figure out a way to fill that void now in this present moment with where you're at and what you have, It's going to be really difficult for you to do that when you do get to that place, right? When you do get to that accomplishment or that accolade or that physical form, whatever it may be. So part of our training, our our journey, our healing journey to self-love is about creating that environment as often as we can, as efficiently and honestly as we can so that we avoid having those moments of anxiety when we're still,
1: yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
0: You know what I was thinking about? I think I was thinking
1: about this yesterday. The I was thinking back to our philosophy chats, our first teacher training. And I remember a couple of students in our, our community, we were discussing, uh, the yamas and niyamas, which are kind of like, uh, I think of them like uh, moral ethical guidelines on this yogic path, on this spiritually enlightened path. And so one of them, I remember us kind of like mulling over a lot. And this was the idea of contentment or in Sanskrit, santosha. And it was kind of like this, well, how do you, how do you just be in the present moment? How are you just content? And how does that like, How do we plan for the future and, you know, have a job and make money at the same time if we're not supposed to desire these accolades or desire anything, right? So it's like, again, the juxtaposition or the um, dichotomy of the study of yoga, the opposites of how do I remain content with what I have, but also progress as a human and provide for myself as a human. And is it okay to have goals? So all of these like philosophical conversations and questions started to come up for us as students. And I think as teachers too, like I still kind of grapple with that idea of contentment versus the striving towards the accolade right, or the bettering of myself. It's the idea of shifting forward into the future and being present with where you are right now. So I guess I'm wondering, like, <laughs> how do we reconcile these? Yeah, two yeah. Things? No, that's great. Coexist? It's such a
0: great topic. And I, I actually, as you're even saying it, I'm like, I'd love maybe we do a Wisdom Wednesday on contentment because I'd mm. really love to dig into that topic. I think, look, there's nothing wrong with having a desire. There's nothing wrong with having a desire to be successful, to acquire security in your life, to have nice things. There's nothing wrong with having that desire. It's the discernment between the two. I can be content with where I'm at because it doesn't mean that I'm less than unless I have a bigger house or a partner or whatever. It's when you start to, it starts to affect your ability to be with yourself, Mm. to be with yourself in a way where you are treating yourself like a loving friend. Mm -hmm. So there is where the marriage begins to happen, where I can be content without being self-deprecating or beating myself down for wanting to, you know, have a, a bestseller or whatever, you know, it's like, Mm-hmm. You have these desires, their goals that you you put on, they're, they're milestones, but it's not going to change your belief about yourself and it's not going to change how you feel about yourself. There's a difference. The minute that it does and you feel less than, then at that point, it it's back to the drawing board, right? There's a deeper practice that needs to happen. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah.
1: I just needed to hear you say that again. It's been <laughs> years. <laughs>
0: A reminder. Oh, good. Yes. No. That's good. I. I'm. Look. I am. I'm excited for all of us. I think everybody here. Those of you that have been listening for years. Thank you so much for being here. And Tessa, thank you so much for helping me make the radical, radical love to world. Radical love. The radically loved world go round. Yeah. It's an honor. Everybody, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And Don't forget to pick up your Radically Loved wherever books are sold. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.